Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Special guest this week, none other than Justin Williams from The Athletic, our good friend. Joining us tonight, we've got a lot to talk about. If you thought the, the conversation last week was interesting, uh, it's going to be even more interesting tonight. Justin with a great article today in the athletic that we'll get to here shortly but first serving our own self-interest it's the crosstown tip-off and it is hot and heavy right now on social media you see and xavier the last i checked five dollars apart five dollars apart in the crosstown tip-off uh xavier with seven thousand four hundred sixty dollars you see with seven thousand four hundred fifty five dollars we can't lose. Come on, people. All you got to do, you open up your Venmo, you open up your PayPal, you send it to Bearcat Journal. I take the tip. I put it in the fund. And then when we get done, half of it goes to Mio's, half of it goes to the Holy Grail banks. And I know those two establishments are already talking about taking some of that money and repurposing it uh, for the same thing for some other businesses in town that have uh, been on hard times through the COVID shutdowns and uh, restrictions placed on restaurants. So we are doing a great thing. We are doing it as a community like we always try to do. And uh, that's how you can get involved if you are so inclined. Thanks to Jason Kelsey, who donated $2,000 tonight and uh, put us in the lead for a little while. But x answered so i do have a quick update okay three-time pga tour champion jim herman has been contacted so we will see if if he comes through with uh with the donation i can confirm that all right let's go we're caught look we're not i'm not losing to rick roaring i'm not losing to rick roaring in this thing i'm not not letting it happen so it's going to be a fun couple of days. This, this thing's probably going to run through the weekend uh, at least, and we'll see where it goes from there. We're, we're at 25 hours, and we've raised like $15,000, which is just freaking insanity. But these two fan bases, you do something like this, and you give them a chance to be competitive, and uh, next thing you know, things take off. So... That's how you get involved. Venmo, PayPal to Bearcat Journal. I will take care of everything from there. And then uh, next week, I will be going to the Holy Grail and to Mio's and dropping off every penny of those donations to the two staffs at two places that are at the top of the list when it comes to local businesses that are UC supporters. So that's my, uh, that's my intro. And now we get to business. Justin, hi, buddy. How are you? What's up, guys? Uh, as always, honored to be on here. And seriously, I mean, what you guys are doing with the with the tip off stuff is really cool. So I can I can think of a, a few people that are probably jealous of our fundraising skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let's get to it. <laughs> Dave, hot, Dave, hot out of the gate. Dave coming in hot. Uh I think I'm getting a call from my daughter's school, which means they have already canceled school for tomorrow. Oh, lucky man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I thought you were saying was, I'm, I'm getting a call. I got to jump off this podcast after that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I got a text message and then immediately after the text message was the uh, school is canceled number that usually calls me at five in the morning. So calling me at 840 tonight. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get after it, guys. Justin, uh, I, I'm sure you probably listened to what we had to say last week in our um, <clears throat> hypothetical <clears throat> conversation about facilities at the University of Cincinnati, uh, the locker room and, and the potential for an indoor practice facility. Uh, and then the, those conversations came to life today on The Athletic as you uh, had some more details, including pictures uh, of this locker room. Uh, take us through your your fact finding journey and uh, what you took away from everything as you were uh, uh, discovering what was going on inside the Linder Center when it comes to facilities and the future of UC football. Yeah, so I mean, the locker room project has not been a secret. The uh, the recruiting staff has been trying to leak out or tease out these you know locker room updates. Uh, you know, renovations, whatever it's been for over a year now. So uh, I was able to get the renderings um, via just public record request. Uh, and I've had them for a little bit, but it was kind of waiting for, you know, off season, a good time to do, do a story. And in the same way that the project wasn't secret, it was kind of known like this, this is supposed to be done before the 2021 season. Um, so it should start after the 2020 season. So just started kind of asking around, talking to people about it um, and wanting to do something with getting these, you know, renderings out because I feel like that would be uh, of interest. And, you know, through those conversations, it, it made it seem like the locker room was still on the books, but maybe had been changed a little bit, um, maybe like reduced money for it, limited in scope in terms of the amount of money. But then also just, you know, some, some mentions and uh, Chad, I'm guessing, you guys heard the same thing about well, you know, this practice facility keeps getting brought up, um, which is surprising when, when you're limiting the scope of of one and then you know bringing up another project that we know would be much more expensive. But it was intriguing and uh, kind of just what came out of it, I guess, was was what I put out there and um, I think what you guys have have hinted around and talked about too, which is the locker room renovation is allegedly still happening. Um, from what I understand, it went from being an $8 million project to a $4 million project. The unfortunate thing is, at least right now, we don't know when that's going to start. And it's the longer this goes, the less and less likely um, that it'll be ready for the 2021 season, which we should talk about that too. But then on top of all of that, and kind of as a part of it, uh, there's been discussions also about a, a permanent indoor football practice facility. Now, those are just purely discussions so far nothing concrete, no plans, no studies, no land, no money, um, but real enough for them to talk about it and real enough for them to, um, you know, have, have mentioned it as part of the reason for why they want to limit the, the scope of, of the locker room project. So if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, I guess I, I just gave you the story. <laughs> Thanks for that. Much appreciated. <laughs> Dave? So my, I guess my first question. You should still of, subscribe to the athletic. You can see the beautiful pictures, right? The, that's right. The, I can't, yeah, I can't paint that picture for you. And that's what Dave. Like that's how Dave reads books, and and yeah. you know, yeah. he, he's big on pictures. 
Got the SEC education, so you know, two plus two <laughs> equals five. The best, um, the best five and a half, six years of your life. Exactly. Um, so I guess kind of my first question is in talking to everybody that you did talk to was just the idea of the conversation that this permanent practice facility is, is something that's worth discussing the most kind of interesting or thing that maybe made you stand up a little better. Was there's just something else in, in conversation that good or bad that you were like, this is kind of a big deal to the story that definitely needs to be told? Well, I mean, I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying that the locker room project is important to Luke Fickle. Like, you know, this is a guy who for as successful as he's been and like, let's be honest, for as much sway as he has um, within the university department right now, like he hasn't made a bunch of demands. He hasn't asked for a ton of stuff. Um, for what I understand, the locker room renovation is, is at the top of this list. They've had these renderings for a while. They've shown these renderings to at least two recruiting classes, I think at this point, as like, this is what's coming. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it hasn't been redone since 2006. So, so that's an important thing. So knowing that was an important thing, I guess what kind of stood out to me is this is a risky strategy that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but it seems risky to me to, you know, yes, the pandemic plays a role in all of this in, in terms of uh, cutting the, the money for the, the locker room renovation down. Like let's, I, we can't ignore that. Um, and we can't just gloss over that. that, that that does have an impact. But on top of that to say like, yeah, we're only going to do, you know, half, half amount of money for this locker renovation, but this is also something we want to start talking about. This is also something we want to pursue. That's risky in the sense of like, well, now at some point you got to kind of do it. Like you still have to do the locker room because that's important to Luke and it's a much more immediate thing. But if you're going to start talking about this, then you're probably going to have to show some progress on that at some point. Not to say they won't, not to say it won't work. It could end up being, you know, the right decision and a perfect thing for them. Um, but I guess that was my biggest takeaway. It was like, I want to make sure that this is right because it sounds, it sounds risky um, from the department's perspective. I guess going off of that, was it inferred that the, the locker room was being scaled down because they want to shift that money to the practice facility? Or is this being scaled down because we don't have the money and we kind of promised Luke we would get this going and we certainly don't have eight, so maybe we have four? Because I don't understand how they're these two things necessarily coincide together if the first part of what I said is true. Yeah, no, I think the answer is both. I think they, they don't, you know, the pandemic has, has slowed fundraising, has kind of halted the, the original plan and timeline for this. So it's not like, yeah, we had the 8 million, but we're, we're only going to do half because of this plan. So definitely part of it is the pandemic has, has hit this project hard one way or another, whether they had to take money, you know, that they had kind of earmarked for it and move it somewhere else, or if it's just the, the fundraising process slowed, I don't know the, the details on that. But I think knowing, all right, this project is not kind of where we wanted it to be fundraising wise, timeline wise, we still want to do it. But if we're going to start talking about um, doing a, a permanent indoor practice facility, which, you know, yeah, is something I'm sure you know, Luke and the football staff would want, why wouldn't they? Um, you know, I think their thought is if we're going to do that, a lot of the stuff 
that you know the locker room has or that the football team kind of uses in that Lindner Center that would ideally be part of a permanent practice facility. So instead of putting all of that money into the locker room and then still trying to raise money and build the practice facility, which will obviously take a little bit longer, that it might be a smarter, better use of, of funds and a, a way to get there quicker considering the pandemic if we cut that scope down a little bit, still give a, a nicer updated locker room, which is needed, but then that also, there was less investment there if we're just gonna be in, in a sense duplicating some of those things down the road with the practice facility, if that makes sense. And I think that's, that, that's I think that's important. If, you, if you're building an all-encompassing practice facility, which it sounds like they want to do or is, is the goal, that includes a lot more than a practice field, right, Justin? And it includes more than, you know, just a place that they, they show up, they practice, and then they walk back across campus. It has a locker room and office facilities, and uh, that's where probably the coaching staff would would be relocated and it has a weight room and uh, it has an equipment, you know, uh, portion. So if you're doing an all-inclusive, all-encompassing practice facility, some of that stuff is redundant, right? Yeah. And, you know, like you're still going to need the locker room at Lindner because you're, you're yeah. the stadium and you're, you know, maybe you still probably that's maybe that's still your main weight room. I don't know, but you're still going to want to have some kind of weightlifting weight area, you know, non on the field football practice capacity there you're gonna to want to have the equipment stuff like you said so some of it is going to be redundant anyways because you need some of it there at nippert um, and then some of it at the practice facility and you know by the way this is the way it works at basically all these top programs like you know that that northwestern beautiful practice facility they built on the lake you know that that has everything the woody hayes center at ohio state that has everything but then also at the stadium you have things the reason UC is a little unique is because of how centralized all of their athletic stuff is, you know, a lot of places don't have that benefit. Um, so yeah, some of the stuff's going to be redundant anyways, but you're right. It would end up being like, that would kind of be the day-to-day -day location for football coaches, offices, practice. I think for the most part, when coaches come in in the morning, instead of coming into varsity village, they would probably go there. Um, so it's, it's more than just a, a non-bubble permanent structure that has a turf football field inside of it. You're right. I'm trying not to be unfair, but I'm right. I'm left wondering, pandemic or no pandemic, if we can't raise $4 million for a renovated locker room, what is the realistic timeline to raise, I don't know, 5X that for a permanent practice facility? Yeah, no, I think it's a fair question. And I'll also be honest, I, I honestly don't know where they're at fundraising wise for the locker room. Um, you know, if it's a $4 million project, I, I don't know the specifics of how much of that 4 million is ready to go or accounted for or anything like that. But that's, that's what goes back to me saying it's a risky thing. If you're cutting a locker room project in half, at least in part because of the impact of the pandemic, then yeah, it seems pretty risky to whether promise or start to talk about and, you know, use as some kind of carrot or incentive, a project that, like you said, is going to cost a lot more money. And, you know, what you guys talked about on the podcast last week, you're gonna have to find the land for it. You're gonna have to have studies, engineering studies and get renderings done and all that kind of stuff. It, this is a big deal, bigger than doing a, a locker room renovation that's already in a set place. 
So I'm totally with you. I think those questions are fair. Uh, clearly, the university is not you know at a stage yet where they're they're ready to to talk about it. I did get a statement from John Cunningham that basically said um, they're kind of in a quiet portion still, and they're hoping to roll that out in the, to the public for the locker room at least in the future. They didn't really allude to the practice facility at all. So so we'll see where this goes. But at least from my understanding, that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I spoke with someone today that does fundraising not for uc athletics but we discussed like this whole quiet phase and it makes sense part of me you know i've gone on this topic before but part of me gets it part of me doesn't but you know the quiet phase is as he put it you want to raise roughly half before you really start telling people about it because you don't want to then have to go back and be like oh we didn't we didn't make it. So now this isn't going to happen. So you kind of get to that point and then bring it to more people's attention being like, Hey, you can help us get over the hump and really finish this off. See, we've already raised this much, you know, it's, this isn't just like starting from ground zero. So discussing that would make me think that they're, you know, somewhere around $2 million or less. If it's, if they're really talking about 4 million, And I don't know, I just, like, I talked to a bunch of people today and, like, I get the whole, we don't want to bring it to the public, but from what I gather, they're not even bringing it to season ticket holders. I mean, I talked to two people today that in the last couple of years have made five-figure gifts just out of the blue, not tied to their season tickets, who have not heard one word from anybody, whether it's in UCATS or the athletic department. So... Like, I want to get excited about this stuff, but this is what UC has done for how many years? And it's just immensely frustrating to me. Yeah, I mean, and you guys would would know that um, better than I would in terms of like getting excited about it. You know, let's be honest, um, the my article today and some of the work you guys have done probably jumped the gun on what they wanted to do for that anyways. Um, but they're clearly having meetings and talking to people. You know, the from what I understand, this Luke Fickle was aware, or, or you know, in some of these meetings where this is brought up, they're talking to some level of of donors or you know, friends of the the department uh, program university. So, if it's real enough to bring up to them, then it's it's at least a real enough thing you would think. If it's real enough to bring up to the head coach, it's a it's a real enough possibility. But yeah, in terms of the fundraising, I'm not sure. Again, you guys might understand this better than me. I, I do wonder, this is not something I've heard or like am reporting. This is kind of my just own thoughts and wonderings. Is I wonder how much of the pandemic and the fact that they've done this next level success and the fact that they're asking people to pay for their season tickets last year when they didn't actually get season tickets and to go to the game. Uh, you know, maybe it's like the Cincinnati Midwest thing that they're too shy to then keep asking for money in a way that bigger programs or SEC schools might not be. I don't know, but I do wonder how much of it is them saying like, we're a little hesitant to ask for money when that's kind of what we've been doing already in a tough time. Well, that's just me asking. No, I get it. It's funny you bring that up because one of the people I spoke with today said, I've actually had this conversation with my group about making a gift because we didn't have tickets this year. And because of financial hardships that they had, they did not, leave the money to the program like they took the full refund but they've now discussed hey let's give that money basically as a gift 
because we didn't have season tickets. So, you know, you bring up next level success and Chad and I in fact talked about it today in my two hour drive home in the snow. There was no problem putting out tweets and articles and whatever for that. You know, right in the middle of the pandemic. So coming out of a nine and one season where you tie for the your highest ranking in school history and you're poised to start next year in the top 10, top 12, whatever it might be. Why are we so reluctant to craft something similar to that and maybe not send it out to the general public, but you have 15,000 roughly season ticket holders. You have data from years and years of people being season ticket holders, making donations anywhere from four figures to probably seven figures. Like I just, you know, I talked about it last week, Auburn's $92 million practice facility. I found out because of footballscoop.com, like not because I'm an Auburn fan or have a buddy that's an Auburn alum that told me like, Hey man, check out this football facility they're building. Like, why are we so, and this isn't even a question I don't think any of us can answer. It's just me talking. Like, why are we so in the shadows with this stuff? Like, people have money. Like, the pandemic happened. But if you made make a pretty good living and did not get laid off, like, you didn't go on trips or you didn't go to UC games and you didn't tailgate. You have some extra money. Like, I like you said, like, why are we being these, like, super – cautious, nice Midwesterners who, yeah, we asked you for money six months ago. We don't want to like offend you by asking again, where I'm like, I know people that have given you money in the last two years that have never heard from you again. So like, you kind of have to keep the relationships going for when you do need to reach out and say, Hey, I know we asked you to help us, but you know, we've talked so many times and we know that you're committed and we just, you know, can you, can you help again? Like we're, we're almost there. We really need you guys. Like, I just don't, I don't understand the strategy. And it seems like now that Chad and I talked about it last week and you wrote the article, it feels like there's been this like meeting where these responses have been crafted. Cause you know, I know you probably got some of it once you started reporting on what you reported on and Chad and I have gotten some of it in personal messages. Like it's almost like everybody had like a Kevin Bacon animal house, like remain calm all is well type meeting. Here's what we need to say to this when the fans just want to know what the heck is going on and how can they help? And it's like this refusal to tell them that. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of things tied up in that. There's probably all the stuff we just talked about with like the, the pandemic and not wanting to seem like you're asking for too much, you know, part of this and part of me understands it too. I think there's like this hesitancy of we're asking for money for, um, you know, football things when, you know, we had to cancel men's soccer. And some of that to me, I think is like worrying about optics. Some of it I think is maybe paying too close attention to like Twitter mentions and, and not understanding. I mean, I get like, what you're saying, but like, do you want to be big time football team or not? Well, that's, and I agree with you, but I think doesn't that's. give two shits about that stuff is the teams we're trying to beat. Like point blank, you're, you're you're under the gun here, Williams. No, this isn't. A, a, you're right. You're like, right. I'm saying I think that's what they are thinking, but I, I agree like, with you. Get, like, I'm sorry. You like soccer? Great. I'm not a soccer guy. Whatever. Like, but guess who doesn't give a shit about that? 
Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. They don't care. They want your money because they need a bigger facility or they need this or they need that. It doesn't matter. Like, so either be that or don't, but don't tow this fence of power six, next level success, and then act like a freaking Mac school. I think you're right. And, you know, let's be fair. Maybe they don't care about their Twitter mentions. Maybe that was me projecting, but it, it seems like that is maybe a concern for some people. And while I understand that, it's probably more of a concern than it should be when, yes, you want to achieve all the things that you just said. Um, let's see, what else? Like, yeah, I, I, like you said, I don't think Luke is like holding them under some gun of like, do this, do this, do this, or I'm leaving. But you do need to kind of like, hey, we told you we were going to start this January 1st. And yes, all these things happened. And I'm sure he's understanding of that. But like the answer now is, okay, well, it hasn't started. And now we're going to cut it in half. And we don't know when it's going to start. Like eventually that mentality, I think, wears on people. And things that weren't as appealing to them maybe become more appealing because they're like, you know, yeah, we're doing all this stuff and on the field and all the stuff that you that we went through to have this great season. And it's like, sorry, guys. Yeah, we can't do what we told you we were going to do. I'm glad you brought up Luke because I want to get to that first, though, before we get to that. I do think part of it and you have alluded to this and I know you guys probably hear from people. Part of it is. Yeah, when you have boosters, no matter what level that is, you have to kind of like entertain those people. And I don't mean in a literal sense, but like you have to make them feel part of it. You have to make them feel included in the know. And I've heard from donors, again, I'm not saying these are like donors that have their names on buildings or anything like that, but I've heard from people who have given to the program for a long time and they don't necessarily feel connected, you know, at certain points or like, oh yeah, I don't really have a relationship with this person or, you know, I haven't heard much from them. Um, again, this is anecdotal, so I'm not saying this is indicative of the whole program, but I think part of it is you have to let these people in a little bit and, and make them feel included and make them feel special. And that's a big part of, you know, then you won't feel as bad or as guilty or whatever going back and asking them for money. Um, and, and I've certainly heard from people that don't feel that way. Sure. Uh, and I do think, you know, John Cunningham talked about this. I did a piece on him a couple of weeks ago about his first year in, in the job. And he said, you know, a big difficult part of this is you can't go and grab breakfast or lunch with someone. Um, and there are ways around that and there are ways to still make people feel included. Uh, and I don't think the pandemic can be used as an excuse for, for everything you know, in this realm, but I'm sure that has made it tougher. You can't just have a nice gala where you invite all of your people and wine and dine them. And I get why that's tough too. There's only so many hours in the day. There's no um, doubt it's made it tougher, but like if Chad's hearing this from a little section of people and I'm hearing it and you're hearing it, the vast majority of the people, as much as we hate to admit it, don't aren't on Bearcat Journal. They aren't, mem you know, subscribers to the athletic. Like, so if we're hearing this from all these little pockets, you know that there's more of that. And like you said, you have to, you know, you treat your mega mega donor differently. I mean, we just know that that's how it works. But like, People that I talk to, they want to give give money. They want to support the program. And maybe they should just pick up the phone and say, hey, I've got 10 grand. Would you like it? But they also want to feel like the university gives a crap about them and isn't just calling them once every three years when some capital campaign comes along and they need their money. Like, there has to be that connection. And I think Chad and I have talked about this for who knows how long. It's like, there's just not a great level of engagement whether it's with the basic fan you know the 99 dollars a year season ticket holder or the 
season ticket holder that's been there for 30 years that has given gifts sporadically or every year or whatever like everybody i talk to is like yeah i don't really hear from anybody and i don't know how you then say we're going to build a 20 million or 30 million dollar practice well, facility th this is something that th this isn't a john cunningham thing this no is no a UC i want to make thing. sure no. that that's clear this is a uc thing that we have dealt with for years and that they have always kind of fished in a very small pond. And eventually you catch all those fish. I mean, I get it. Like you're focusing on a group of people that have probably the most financial stability and security to, to consistently step up to the plate. People but, whose names are on buildings. Yeah. The, the people, like the that. people that have their names on things. If you walk through campus and you see like a brick with somebody's name on it, you mean like the Shakely Athletic Center? Or the Lindner Center. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like these, but. I mean, workers, what comp, we, workers comp's going good. It ain't going that good. What, what, are, <laughs> what are we learning over the past 24 hours with the Crosstown tip-off? That there's money out there in this damn community. You just got to ask for it. It's a lot of people. Yeah, look, did, did I raise $140,000 in the past 24 hours? No. no. But if I can raise $10,000 out of nowhere in 24 hours, there's money to be had. There's people that are, are, are interested, but you have to sell it to them. This whole philosophy of like, you know, this stuff comes out and, the response is, here's my number, call me. Why do, why do I have to call you? That's just so backwards in how you sell. And, you know, whatever. But Justin, <laughs> have you worked in sales at all? You've been, a, you've been a typewriter guy your whole life, right? I mean, you, you should buy a subscription to The Athletic, but beyond Justin, that, no, Justin I have no sales be, experience. Justin should be in sales. He has, he has a face for the game. He does, <laughs> but I didn't know if like when he was, you know, if, if, you know, like when in my time in Athens, the short time that I lived in Athens, I was uh, selling bag phones at the local radio shack. So I didn't know if he had any experience uh, in that realm. Um, but sales is not like you have to search me out for me to sell you something. Sales is me coming to you. And providing a product that you're interested in. The and thing too showing is, renderings. This to, literally is the easiest sell in the history of the University of Cincinnati football program. Well, so you brought this up and I do, we should talk about it. And I think people know this. I think the university knows this, but it's worth hitting on. Like the Bearcats have hit a jackpot with Luke Fickle. Yes, there are very few circumstances where you get a guy who comes in, rebuilds the program, and then doesn't leave and go to a, you know a bigger job or a more lucrative job. Like he's he's put down roots, you know. So he is he's built this program up to arguably beyond where it's ever gone before. You could argue like you know the the BK stretch. I get that, but he's hung around. He's signed extensions. He's pretty much done everything you could possibly want. This is an anomaly in in college football at this level specifically. You can't, you got to maximize that any way you can. And part of that is, yeah, you know, the only reason they're even talking about an indoor practice facility is because of Luke Fickle and what he's done. But 
whatever it is, if he wants a locker room, you got to do whatever you can to get him a locker room. If, if you, if he wants to stay for the next 10 years, you got to do whatever you can to make Luke Fickle stay. Now he has shown no signs that he wants to leave, but part of that is, you know, let him build the program that he wants to build. And, and I think that's what, what all of this goes back to is you got to find a way to make it happen when you basically not stumble into this because they hired him, but when you come into a situation like having Luke Fickle as your coach. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I know Chad and I have talked about it. Like no one is under some illusion that Luke is going to stay here for the next 10 years. If that happens, I mean, holy crap, great. But he's also not, he's clearly shown that he's not a, a stepper. And the even jobs that most people would consider really good have not been good enough for him. So the only thing in my mind that two things that one of them is out of their control is that would get him to start maybe looking at some of those types of jobs that he's already passed on are the conference situation where they've been really good again. And we have this, you know, glass, you know, ceiling or whatever that we can't break through just because of being in the AAC. And that's no one at UC's fault. It just is what it is. But the other is he looks around and goes, I can go here and I can ask for this and I can get it. And I can't do that here for whatever reason. And I'm not asking for the moon. I'm just asking for things that will, that need to be updated and will put us, you know, give us another advantage over our peer competition and put us somewhat equal with the teams we're competing with. If that becomes an issue, then I can see him looking and going, well, it's just not, they're just, the funds aren't there. The strategy isn't there. The donor pool isn't there. So I'm not going to be able to get the things that I need to keep building this program that they can control. And that to me is the scary part is because when you start delaying things and then you start cutting them in scope, that signals like we just can't get this done. Yeah. And I mean, they can control to a certain extent, obviously they don't, like you said, they're not in a, a power conference. They don't have the power conference money. So they, they are limited financially to what a power conference, Big Ten, SEC schools can do. Um, Which is why a power conference locker room renovation is $70 million. And a UC locker room renovation has been reduced to four. We're already right. dealing with those parameters. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think about this all the time, like when, when Luke's name has been mentioned for jobs, whether it's Michigan State or Virginia Tech or Baylor or, you know, Tennessee, people are like, well, you know, the Bearcats are, are better teams than those teams. Like, why would you want to go there and have a worse team? The reason Cincinnati is a good football team is because of Luke Fickle. So in his mind, okay, yeah, I'll go to those places where they have more resources, where I don't have to scrap and fight for every little thing, and I'll make them a top 10 team too. Like, that that's not what he's thinking about. It's not, I can win a conference championship in 10 games next year. It's, am I going to have to fight for everything for my players off the field? You know, is everything going to be a struggle? That's what's going to entice him away, which you just alluded to, Dave. It's, it's not like, well, yeah, UC could beat Tennessee or Virginia Tech on the football field next year. That, that's not really why, why those decisions get made. That's what, Justin, when Luke Fickle got here, UC could barely beat MAC teams. So, yeah, just to further illustrate your point. And Miami has really nice facilities. As painful as it is for me to say that, you, you can you can find places that don't have power conference budgets that have very nice facilities. 
So Dave's rubbing his temples, by the yeah, way, for I'm, anybody that wants a visual of what's going on here, Dave's headache. rubbing his temples. It's not because of this, I swear. But um, <laughs> so did you, this is now, I mean, I'm not ta- we're not taking any credit for this, but obviously what we talked about last week kind of kickstarted this whole thing. There's clearly been people in the building that have either heard what we had to say or we're told what we had to say, you've done your reporting. In talking to sources, did you get a sense of urgency? Like, okay, we've been working on this, but now that this is pretty much public knowledge, we need to kind of kick what we're doing into hyperdrive or change something that we're doing because it's not working or add something to what we're, I don't know, I'm just wondering like, they can't have, they could not have imagined that in the last two weeks that this was all of a sudden going to be the storyline of Cincinnati athletics. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I certainly think, uh, I, I don't want to keep belaboring it, but I, I do think everyone is still trying to just like swim their way out of the pandemic and the impact and, and they're not out of it yet. So that's, it's, that has stolen the, you know, what, 90% of their attention for the past 12 months was just how do we deal with this on a financial and day-to-day level so I get that and I do think you know in some respects part of it is everything is a process this is not just specific to Cincinnati just you know in college athletics especially or especially at a place like Cincinnati where you have to the athletic department is subsidized so heavily from the university the admin side that means for any big decisions you're going to have to you know make sure you're in alignment there and go through all of that so i think part of it when you're talking specifically about the athletic department if it's a big project maybe this won't be a bad thing in the sense that if if this kind of kick starts any public interest that might be a little bit more firepower on their end to, to to get things moving quickly which i'm sure is not an easy thing um for you know, Cincinnati's athletic department. So yeah, I mean, I get the sense there is a sense of urgency. I think people understand this is the locker room specifically is an important thing for Luke Fickle, but I guess it's never um, a bad thing, whether invited or not to have a little extra outside interest and motivation. For sure. And I mean, the locker room thing, like the guys spend so much time in there, whether it's in the locker room, in the lenders, like, and they see all this other stuff because they're on social media. They see all this, these images and videos and everything. And they're like, man, like, and I, I said that to Chad last week, I was like, Auburn's going to build a $92 million football facility. And if they played right now, you see what dog walk their ass up and down the field. <laughs> so those kids are like, wait a second. Like we are way better than these dudes. And they keep getting all this stuff and we don't like, the kids don't see it the same way, like, you know, adults should see it. But, like, I would be like, hey, come on, guys, like, help us out here. And I just, like, I'm always going to be for the players, for the coaches. Like, I go to watch the games to watch them. I don't really, you know, administrators come and go. They're, you know, some are more out the public. Some aren't. I don't really care. But, I mean, this is the team that I root for. And if things are – happening that could possibly hurt their chances or hurt the next person's chances um i don't like to see it so i'm going to say it because yeah i'm on you know i work with chad but like i'm a fan first and i know that i'm not the only one that looks at things that way 
So hopefully, you know, hopefully we can stop talking about it for a little bit and they do their, you know, do what they need to do and make it happen is really what I want to see happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, one way or another, it's 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 out there now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. No, I think you're right, though. Um, you know, one one thing I think you can say for Chad, I'm sure, you know, you've heard this too, talking to coaches like, there is some selfishness and ego in this business, but and this goes back to what Luke Fickle's built. Like they just want the, the, the players to have good things. They want them to have yeah. gear and comfortable, you know, locker room or living arrangements. Um, they want their lives to be as easy as possible. They want to have a nice locker room, nice food, you know, whatever it takes. And so that's all part of this. Now, part of it is also look what they've been able to build build when you come in barely being able to beat Mac teams and having a locker room that hasn't been updated since 2006. Well, now you're a top 10 team in the country and you have a swanky locker room. It's going to be even easier to get those recruits to commit above power conference schools, or it's going to be a better chance to get those four stars and, and you know, maybe a five star to, to commit to Cincinnati. So it's all part of like the competitive balance thing, but part of it is also like, let's, let's reward these kids for, for everything that they're doing. And that's why I think the locker room project specifically is such a big deal for them. Well, part of it also, Justin, and to just expand on that a little bit is, okay, so now you're a top 10 team in, in the country. Um, you're looking to back that up with a second top 10 season. And now you're recruiting in bigger waters, right? So now you're not recruiting against Indiana and Purdue and Michigan State. Now you're recruiting against teams that have those $90 million facilities. And guess what? Kids that you're recruiting are going to visit both places. And there is a certain level of that that you can overcome. But when they walk into a $50 million locker room with like a push button where your helmet rises from out of the ground, uh, and you got and, holograms on the doors to the lockers and flight simulate all the stuff that I think and we think is, is ridiculous, absurd, and ne- I bet it never gets used. You know how many times kids are going to actually have the time to sit in the damn flight simulator <laughs> in Auburn's practice facility? Like they're not, but on the visit, it's the best damn thing I've ever seen. So right, remember being eighteen, shiny stuff. Like you know what you know what an eighteen-year-old wants to see. A sorry Dan DJ booth where, you know, they can go record like a recording studio where they can go. Auburn's got two of those. Right. (laughs) Like you imagine being. In case one's being used, you can use the backup recording studio to cut your new track. Imagine being 18 years old and with any desire ever to like, you're going to be a rapper or you're going to be a country (laughs) music star or whatever. And you go on your visit and they're like, you know, hey. In the summer, things are things are a little slow. Get in the booth. You and your boys can get in the booth. Like that's you. UC's not going to be able to compete with that, right? Yeah, I mean, one for one. Seen- but but what makes it even harder is when you show them your locker room that was designed in two thousand six. Have you guys seen Purdue's locker room? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like Kentucky's, yeah. Northwesterns. Yeah, and- Cincinnati is way better than Purdue right now, even though Purdue has a bunch more, you know, money, resources, can can right. take the Big Ten, all that stuff. So that's not the determining factor in being a good football team. But you're right. You know, all right, don't make it fancy locker rooms. Just think of yourself as a human being. Like, 
when you get offered a, a new job or when you're looking for a new house, like amenities are important. And so if, if it's, you know, right down tight for, for one or two on some of these kids, one or two things, maybe they're going to pick Purdue or Kentucky or wherever, because yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bit nicer. I'll feel well, a little bit I mean, more posh and comfortable. If I'm going to, if you're a kid and you're like, I'm going to spend the next four years, the majority of the time is going to be either in this room or where I live. UC has the where I live part down. I mean, that is as good as anybody in the country. Okay. I went to an SEC school. It's way damn better than where the majority of the football kids live at, at UT. They've got that part. But the amenity, like club, club area, you know, locker room, all that, where the kids spend a ton of time together, needs work. And... Yeah, I mean, all the things that we joke about that, like, I mean, how many times do you think those kids at Clemson really play the putt-putt course? Or, or what do they do at a lazy river at UCF, right? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's that I think is like the whole damn campus because it's so it's so <laughs> big or whatever. Um, but yeah, like... You think lazy rivers are gross, by the way. Yeah. You think those guys at Clemson are like, hey, after practice today, you guys want to get a quick nine in at the putt-putt course? Like, no! They play one time on their visit. Like... And they slide down the slide and everybody hoots and hollers and, and everybody has a great time. And then that's it. But that's what that's for. Like, like you said, like if, if you're choosing Purdue and UC and everything's equal, but you're like, man, this locker room, I'm going to be spending a ton of time in here. And I got this, I'll have this huge locker. And at UC, like I'm cramped over here in this corner with all these other dudes and it hit, you know, the woods falling apart or carpets tearing. Like, I don't know what it is. I haven't been in there forever, but like, if it hasn't been updated in 15 years, like, like you know, I got a good, pretty good idea. Like, there are deciding factors, and people don't want to admit it. They just want to think, oh, we're better at football, so they're going to pick us. It's not how it works, especially when you're now, like Chad said, you're swimming in a different pond. Like, you're not, you're not recruiting against anyone in your league for players. You're not. So, you, when's you know, the last time we've had a recruiting battle with somebody in the AAC? I mean. What, uh, Khalil Lewis, <laughs> Elijah Ponder? Like that? Those are the last. Like UC's not competing with Temple and UCF and Memphis for recruits, and they're doing it with inferior facilities to most of the schools in the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, I mean it's it's not the determining factor. It's a credit to the university not just the football staff, but definitely the football staff, what they've been able to build even with some inferior facilities. But yeah, I mean, anyone that doesn't think college football is is just almost purely an arms race is um, delusional, unfortunately. Well, they always, we always hear like, hey, if we can just get them on campus, that's the, that's the line. If we can just get them on campus. Well, that's, n- that's not going to be the line forever. Like, you, you can't just keep saying that without improving the things that you're showing them. The coaches are obviously great recruiters. I think the players are even better recruiters, frankly, that maybe don't get enough discussion. But if you I, you know, if you want to swim in that pool, you've got to look like the all the other dudes that are ripped and you know, like just the way it is. You're not gonna you're not gonna get to chicks if you ain't looking like the Ohio States and the Bamas and the Clemsons. Yeah, I mean, 
you're you're not wrong. Let's you know the coaches are the ones that recruit and and they're the ones that that want the locker room and the facilities and all that kind of stuff. So they wouldn't they, want they it if they didn't think it was important. Exactly. They would just say, "Well, just give us the money. We'll we'll give it to our coaches and, and here's in the recruiting budget because the coaches definitely earn it and they need more money in the recruiting budget." If they didn't think it was important, here's the bottom line with Luke: if he didn't think it was important, he wouldn't ask for it. When, when has he asked for anything? On when has he been unreasonable in in going on five years? I mean, I don't Not know many times. I mean, he doesn't even want when his when he signs a contract extension for that to be public. Right, like Justin, you you're you weren't here year one, but you've been here long enough. When have you experienced Luke wanting something unreasonable? If if you're saying that I'm the good luck charm for UC football, then yeah, you're correct. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that showed up and made the difference, but no. I, I mean, it's, it's hard. Like can't really dispute it. Can we <laughs> outside of the vacation you took uh, day one of camp? But other than that, you've been a rock, like you've been rock solid in your, in your commitment to the program. I, I have to give it to you. Under promise, over deliver. You know, you take a vacation week <laughs> one, set the bar, set the bar pretty low. But no, you're, you're right. still you're still getting shit for it four years later. <laughs> you're right, and this goes back again to that they hit a jackpot with Luke Fickle. Um, most would not be in this position, and I I don't want it to come across that any of this stuff is easy. That getting four million or eight million or twenty five million or whatever you need for a project, I understand it's not easy. But if this is the program you want to be, then that this is this is the kind of the price you have to pay for for all of that right i'm i'm not implying that they just snap their fingers and make this stuff happen but if it doesn't happen and luke leaves we're, we know why so and what does that then say to the next person you know i don't just don't want it to start this this trend of yeah they'll support you to an extent but, you know, to take it where you really want to go, I don't know if you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Like that's, and, and then you're, you're back to, and I, and I, I've never had a problem with this. Um, you're back to hiring climbers. Yeah. You're yeah. hiring climbers. It's just fine with me. I've always been the same way. Like I'd rather win than lose. Yeah. If you're leaving, you after, if you're leaving after three years, it's because you've won. But you're but a different I, program if you do that. You're not the program they are right now. Under right, you're back. If, you're, you've, if you're back to that, you've backslid. You're you're a three or four year program for a head coach. You're a stepping stone program, and there's there's value in that. A lot of programs out there would love to be stepping stone programs, but you know, I, not to date myself as a high schooler, but if anyone like read Flowers for Algernon, you know, once. Oh yeah, it's Chad, the, Chad and I, yeah, it's right over, right over here. Yeah, maybe this will be more in your wheelhouse. Let me check <laughs> the bookcase. Be... I'm like, check the bookcase. It's like the F. the Chris, right, the Chris it's Rock right next joke, to, right next to Bono's bow, right? <laughs> the Chris Rock joke that you can't go backwards in lifestyle. Like once you've had Luke right. Fickle top ten New Year's Six Bulls, well then you know three and four years where you're climbing and maybe competing for conference championships isn't as exciting. We we did that. You weren't you weren't here yet. We did that once, and it's That's, good. But I have that book. It's, it's kind of a boring read, for being honest. It's good, but 
as we saw, you ain't batting a thousand. And sometimes you get a senator when you really want a president. <laughs> well, that was even that was a deviation, right? Because right. that went away from the that wasn't a but climb, you're right. But, but when you when you have to make a new call every three or four years, you're not just going to keep getting them right. It's not going to happen. And really, the truth is, people are only okay with that process once you um, hire the senator, because. I wasn't on the beat then, but UC fans were kind of exasperated at the whole coach coming here and leaving, understandably. Right. So it's not even always as fun right in the middle <laughs> They of don't the have as much of a problem with it anymore. <laughs> yeah. you, would have, you would have loved that coaching search. It took two days. There, there's one surefire way to, to make people like the uh, upward climber stepping stone coaches, and it's to hire the exact opposite. Yeah, it's it's to go the other way and see it, you know, see things circle the drain, blow up in your face. Uh, yeah, as fast as fast as it, uh, as fast as it he was, was built. actually tre- he was trending today on Twitter, and I didn't oh, click God. on it to see why, but I can't imagine it was good. I yeah, I did not. I've been busy doing good things today. Um, but yeah, like we we passed eight thousand dollars, by the way. 80, 82, 29. Way to go, team. I think Xavier's still in a little bit of a lead, but uh, we'll be all right. But, yeah, we'll, I mean. We'll be all right. I'm just, you know, I'm glad this is being talked about. I think the fans deserve to know what's going on as best we can tell them because no one else is telling them what the heck's going on. So It's also, and this is not a shameless um plug either to the people oh yes it is support our uh our endeavors but it's a credit to the fan base too that they actually you know care about this stuff and that shouldn't be lost either on on the people who are having to make these decisions what kind of response did you get to that i'm curious i mean yeah it was you know it, it was good um there's probably some people on certain sides of it that are a little honked off about it and i understand that's part of the job but uh I think there's a lot of excitement around, I mean, okay, that's, that's an obvious statement. There's plenty of excitement around the program right now and anything that kind of leads to furthering that and keeping Luke Fickle happy. I think there's, we've see, always seen a lot of interest in that. And I, I don't think that's just like a Twitter fingers um, anecdotal thing. You, uh, you want, you want to talk a little basketball before we let you go? Yeah, sure. Have they changed any um, dates or game times in, in the, length of this uh, the, hour conversation the red and black scrimmage next year has been moved to xavier <laughs> per direction of the american athletic conference it'll be at 3 p.m on a tuesday on ESPN yeah 3 p.m on a tuesday uh espn minus actually there's a new one coming out it's espn minus uh that's where brian thornton sends all the uh <laughs> sends all the uc content <laughs> people people probably scoffed when i sent a tweet out last year when he got hired like saying that it was going to screw us and then look what's happening everybody justin why why hasn't there been another game moved in the american athletic conference it's just uc games are we going to see anybody else have a game moved or uh, are things pretty clear here to be fair, I do think somebody switched, didn't they? Like SMU moved a game or something. There, there was a game other than UC. It just happens to be the case that UC has seemed to deal the most with all of this. And, of course, the one game that, like, they already played South Florida at home. 
So yeah. the one that was canceled because South Florida is not going to matter. They still have Memphis on the schedule to play at home. So the Memphis yeah. game getting canceled doesn't matter. So um, I, uh, I understand the angst of UC basketball fans and all of this nonsense. How positive was what we saw the past two games? I mean, yes, those two teams stink. But a team coming off a three-week, 25-day COVID pause, they have two road games. Granted, the teams aren't very good, but they still are shorthanded. They play walk-ons, and John Brandon gets those two teams across the finish line uh, to pick up those two wins. Yeah, I mean, it's all positive, right? At this point, when you're three and seven and haven't played in 25 days, like I had no expectations that they would that they would have won or, or played well. Um, and the fact that they, you know, maybe didn't play well, but won in spite of that, I think is encouraging regardless of competition. The biggest thing for me, and it was actually more the Temple game. I've said all year, I think that this team plays hard and I believe that. I don't think they're very tough. Um, and that can, you know, some of that's kind of like cliched stuff and it's intangible. You can't really measure it, but the temple game was the first game where I thought they were kind of the bully and under the circumstances that to me is encouraging for them moving forward. I think they need a little bit of that mindset, not to like, again, the whole like, Oh, bearcat toughness. Like I think that gets overhyped or, um, you know, put up a little oversold sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like the toughness and until it goes away. Sure. And I think there's some legitimacy to, to it. I don't think it has to be anything that stems from like a coach who was here 20 years ago. But I think uh, when you get pushed around, like we saw this team early in the season, that has an impact. And I, I didn't feel that way uh, against the Temple, especially. They clearly did not work on their free throw shooting during the pause, though. I mean, the Temple game, that was atrocious. Well, I, I mean, I had some have- people on Twitter mentioning that. I'm, I think Chad did, too. You you have to you have to practice free throws when you're tired. I mean, you have they probably had a trash can in their room in isolation. They could have balled up some socks and practiced their free throw shooting. I mean, every minute that you're not asleep, you could you can be working. What else are they gonna do, right? Exactly. The problem <laughs> is before before that, you have to get tired first. You do. Is is COVID fatigue enough fatigue? To, ha- to help you accurately shoot a sock into a wastebasket. Are you, are you sufficiently tired? But I don't know because uh, you, haven't been do- you haven't been doing anything. So like while you're tired from having COVID, you're just sitting on your bed. So are you, are you actually tired but, or do you not get tired until you start running around in your room? Like, do you do suicides in your dorm room while you have, I think, in, like, I think you might have to to get tired so you can practice your sock free throws this was not a tangent i saw coming but i i i I totally missed the two lane pretty much all the two lane game which seems like it might not have been a bad thing um it's not aesthetically pleasing i did watch most of the temple game um are that's another thing te- are these two there's teams- a benefit in winning I, mean, I know uc hasn't been good but are these two teams just really stinky or were there tangible things to like build off of the two games or do we just not know? I don't think they're any different than anybody else in the conference, not named Houston. Honestly, Temple's had a couple wins. Tulane Tulane. Had, Tulane got a win tonight. They won at Tulsa. Yeah. Held them to like 48 points. And we saw Houston I mean, they and can, a bunch of crap. SMU is better than, you know, Temple and Tulane. And so like we've seen, 
Cincinnati is capable of of playing well. Like they have that in them. That but game was I, this season. <laughs> <laughs> it, but uh, I I think you know especially when you're three and seven, like there's a benefit to to winning ugly. They you know they went three and seven through. I realize they weren't playing for much of it, but through what the first two three months of the season, and then they won two games in like three days. Like we even even if they're bad teams, you can't. Can't I mean, gloss over that. Let's be real. They haven't lost a game in a month. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Well, I mean, wasn't their last loss January 10th? Yeah. Wichita State? They, yeah. And they, won, and, they, and they won who, the game before Who that? else in the country has not lost a game in a month? They've Maybe only lost here. one game. Outside, like, of, outside of Gonzaga and Baylor. I should yeah, make it, that known. They've only lost one game in like six weeks, five weeks. I mean, that's incredible. Put them in the damn tournament. <laughs> that's not Justin, that, I, that I still don't think is going to happen. How excited are you to uh, to be able to sit socially distanced, like eight feet apart from my smiling face on Friday? Now, oh, you guys, a big surprise. You guys get to go to the game. We the media is allowed. We are socially distanced. Uh, Justin and I share a loge box. We went in. We went in on a loge box. Um. So you guys can donate some money yeah. to the, the, <laughs> the pandemic is well. we already did. <laughs> Pandemic's been really, really treating us well. Um, we've upgraded to the loge. Yeah, is the word loge? This is totally off subject. But is the word loge used for anything else but a random level in stadiums and arenas? Justin, this is all you. No, I mean I think it's just a way to. Either talk about how much money you have or... It's very bougie. Like, where are your seats? Oh, I'm on the loge level today. Yeah. Either that or, like, an unfortunate location for a president to be assassinated. Or something like that. Yeah. I, like, I don't know of anywhere uh, else... Other than it. that, how was the play, Miss Lincoln? <laughs> yeah. She's got those nice loge seats. You know. <laughs> is that the only reason loge is, is still, like, a thing? It's a good question. Um, I am excited. I'm excited for... Um, you know, whatever, whatever the pregame mystery box meal is that we get. Uh, but I said this during football season two, like you're always excited to go to higher ground. And then when you drive out there three or four times a week, it gets a, a little tired, but I'm no, so it excited. doesn't quit being soft. <laughs> you just, you're just thinking, you're thinking uh velvet smoke, not higher ground. You got it. We're talking right. higher ground. Um, but when you when you don't have it, you miss it, and like as it's it's kind of annoying watching these games on on TV. So I'm I'm excited to to get back oh. and watch a game in person. I went to two football games this year. I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. One one of them wasn't even in this in the state. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't care what I got to do. Like, <laughs> but as, you go as watch much Tennessee and Bethune Cookman. No, I went to the I Peach know, I'm Bowl. Kid, I'm kidding. As, as much as UC fans have um, rightfully been enraged about the schedule this season, you know, if you could have pitched a Temple Tulane Temple comeback off of a 25 day break when you're COVID ravaged on your roster, like that worked out all right. And then what UCF Sunday that has not been anywhere near what they look like 14 months ago when they last played. I mean, it's a long list of teams in the American and in college basketball that I just can't really get a good pulse on it but UCF is one of them like how did that team beat Florida State they beat Michigan no too sense. didn't they no, no they, hung, they, they hung tough game. with Michigan yeah oh, okay but still 
All right, so my, I only have really one more question for Justin, and that is you've been a little lax on your food references lately in your well, uh, Also, can, can we get you to work Lowe's into an article? And I'm wondering why, because I feel like every time you work one in, I know what you're talking about when most people don't, and that makes me feel smarter. So as someone who we talked about top chef the other night returning april 1st very excited to see padma and uh my girl gail but uh we need more food references please heard chef um you know maybe part of it is um, you're influenced by your surroundings so what is it april 1st i think when when top chef comes back if like my april to mid-june if there's a lot of food references mixed in there then then maybe people, that's a little insight in, into why. For sure. I'll work on it though. I'll work on it. Need to re-up my subscription to Bon Appetit. <laughs> my, my last question for Justin, what does the, the pile of dishes look like tonight? Not too bad tonight. I did a, was able to do a little work, you know, did my work early tonight. We, we did kind of a one- one sheet pan meal, pork chops, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts. So I'm really gonna have to like elbow grease that pan. It's in rough shape, but otherwise, it's a uh, it, it shouldn't be too rough tonight. Are you, are you working with no no dishwasher? No, I have a dishwasher, but a one year old. His name is Justin. <laughs> uh, no, because we we when we when we moved, going from the no dishwasher to the dishwasher with having a kid of young age literally is the maybe the thing i like about my house the most like i could not imagine the bottle phase and all of that without the dishwasher so are you this is really if people are still listening are you guys an every night dishwasher runner households it's gotten it's gotten pretty close it's probably once every other depending on what we eat yeah because the dude has you know all his stuff and then our stuff so yeah i would say every other probably so that's we're what probably, i'm on every every other night schedule we're probably every other to every third i i do all the uh the cooking uh the cookware by hand i i like you know i i've 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 invested in solid cookware as a uh, guy that clearly likes to cook and uh, so I, I take care of all that by hand. The rest pretty much goes in the dishwasher. We've got a 10-year-old now. So not nearly as much uh, carnage as you guys deal with. But but my wife enjoys, uh, generally, I'll, I'll talk to Justin a couple times a week. It is usually at night after the kids go to bed. And there is always the background noise of Justin doing dishes. <laughs> this is true. And yeah, part of it is what you said. You got to got to do the pots and pans by hand, the nice knives. Can't stick those nice knives in the, in the dishwasher. That's it's just no. going to tear those up. So, and I and, still have we got married in 2007. You and your so wife 14. You yes. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, we we did not two, meet 2019. <laughs> yeah, we did not meet uh, our first date was at higher ground. And then um, Justin bailed on you. And then he, like, and then he left. And then he stood you then he, up. Like, I mean. Got to play hard to get. <laughs> uh, we have had our knife set since our wedding. That's that's the kind of care I take. Uh, you know, we've got a sharpener and, and whatnot and what have you. But that's the care you have to take with a uh, with a good set of knives. 
Those Top Chef consistents with their their nice leather bound wraps set of knives, they're not putting those in the dishwasher. You gotta no. you gotta hand wash those. See, I I, I have a, a workaround for that. My brother works for this massive kitchen equipment company, so I get new pots and pans for like nothing whenever I want them. So hello, yeah. Hook what it do up? you do with the old ones or the not so old ones? Throw them out. Well, now, now I know why you're living large and not doing dishes. You just yeah, I just put I put everything in the dishwasher. Honey, like Stanza <laughs> who just buys new underwear and doesn't do a well, wash. The, the new so we actually had some like pan like skillet type fry pans from like first set when I was living downtown and like whatever. Oh wait, and I told him you know can you get these for me? And he told the 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 pan company that he needed them to shoot some promo videos for their website. So they just gave them to him for free. And he just sent them to us. The other one. What's that? Are they made in? What brand is this? Uh, The pans are are scan scan pan. They have some on sale now for a really good price. And then. How would you know? Yeah, well, I I bought those, um, and then I haven't gotten the like the oh, wow. I got like a cool. ten a, a, a pot. I'm, I'm looking at a uh, I'm looking at a two piece skillet set, five star rating, one hundred and seventy nine ninety five for scan pan. Like, yeah. I got Dave. We're gonna I'm gonna need. I like you're gonna have to 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 work your brother on getting me a set of these scan pans. Like oh, the uh, an eight inch and a ten and a half inch for ninety bucks total. They that got, was all. They, that was straight off their website. He was like, they're on sale now for more than I for better than I could even get them for for you. The other ones I got for free that I haven't gotten yet. I don't remember where where I got those from. They got a, a ten piece set for a thousand dollars, five stars. I mean. Good Justin, I think they're made in Denmark. This just, this just sounds like more dishes I'm going to have to do. <laughs> can't, can't put those in the dishwasher. No, you just take the other stuff and you throw it away. <laughs> yeah, you, you use the, the old stuff put in the dishwasher. Don't care about it. Then you, you know, the nice stuff, you, you break out. But yeah, we've, we've somehow Chad and I always seem to move this to food. <laughs> especially at you know at the hour 15 yeah hour 15 minute mark where our, our diehards are, are still listening um commit today should we should we touch on that we can he is smarter than all of us i think i saw at one point he had a 4.5 gpa he has offers from like yale and dartmouth and harvard uh and you know he's six two and <laughs> has good athletic ability and uh, this one would look like kind of a, a no-brainer that that Gino has known since the kid was a freshman. So, uh, kudos to Gino dipping down into Florida. He's now so this is like he's in the Alec Pierce, John Williams kind of stratosphere. It seems like in terms Mike of- Mike Young. Mike Young contends that he's one of the smartest guys on the team. This guy is instantly going to come in and be one of the smarter guys on the team. Although it doesn't sound like he's got an engineering path. Look at the brains uh, like on those the wide others. receivers. I know. Burrows, well, he'll be Pierce, Alec will yeah. probably be gone oh, by the man. time he steps on campus. So they they need somebody to replenish carry that. on the legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But hey, Justin and I both know those smart dudes. They're usually good for quotes. 
Although sometimes, the, sometimes the not so smart ones are good for quotes too. Just to, for <laughs> usually get one reasons. shot at those. Yeah, you, yeah, you only get one. Reasons. You better, you better ask all your questions because you're not getting the interview number two with with some of them. They they go to. It's amazing how quick the no list expands. Yeah, we haven't done a whole lot of interviews with Malik lately, have we? Malik's pretty good. No, he's, that's why he's, he'll tell you exactly <laughs> what's on his mind. <laughs> they might, yeah. they don't like Len- that sometimes. God bless Lenny's Derek been Forrest. The, uh, and, yeah, Lenny is like the uh, Lenny is the 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 hidden immunity idol that we're always searching for. Like, can we? Uh, is he is he like talk the, the Juno speaks <laughs> like? We ask for him every every time, and we're told no every time. I mean, God bless Derek Forrest and Kobe Bryant and Jared Dokes, but there's a reason those guys are readily available because they know they're not going to say yeah. anything yeah. they don't want to say. Anything, anything, <laughs> anything. I can, can we get Jarrell? No, no, Jarrell's out. <laughs> My one that I still to this day like Alex Thomas would have been the best, but you know he had to get caught holding up a drug deal. Here's here. <laughs> we even smiley was smiley was no listed for a little while this year I, I won't get into why but it was it's pretty funny if you know the story james wiggins has always been a guy we were allowed to talk to smiley spent two weeks on the no list i'll say i, I was like that's the things you know luke fickle doesn't ask for a lot he he shut me down on like three requests for wiggins earlier this year <laughs> It was it was related to the birth of his child. Like, <laughs> gotta get your priorities straight, son. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we've gone too far. All right, what, <laughs> we're not over the line, but we're at it. <laughs> do, do, we have, do we have anything? Do we have anything else? Uh, it, it seems like Central I do Florida, not have anything else. Central Florida has made an AD hire. They're Sounds like they're very close to a coach hire. Um, Jeff Leiby, who is, I think, the OC at Ole Miss right now, was the OC at Central Florida, seems to be the front runner. Uh, they took the AD seems from like Jeff Arkansas Leiby's going to make a lot, of, a lot of money out of this deal one way or another. I'm sorry, what? Seems like Levy's going to make a lot of money out of this deal. Oh, he's either that. getting a head coaching job at UCF or he's getting a raise at all. I mean, Tony Elliott played him to a $2 million raise. Is there no way Levy's going to UT? I, I don't think so because I think they hired um, – I don't know what – I'm not sure what position, but they hired Alex um, – I think it's – Struggling to pronounce his last name, Grolsch or Glosh. Um, he was Iowa State's offensive coordinator and was at uh, UCF with Heifel there. Um, would either of you like to be de- Tennessee's defensive coordinator? Because apparently the other hundred people that he's tried to hire have said no. So uh, would, there's lovely property, you know, on the Tennessee River. You could maybe go down there and. And run the ball defense and just uh oh. What what's the matter? What what's what's wrong, Chad? Chad's freezing. 
Is that me? That's you. I think that I think I was freezing up for a second. You were. Yeah, I think I was. Free. Am I back now? Yeah, I started talking about. Right. Yeah, I was freezing and, up and for just a second. Shit. So. I was. I was getting a. <laughs> Sounds like Tennessee football. On that note, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of here before my internet craps the bed. And uh, Justin's got dishes to do. So yeah, you can't. Uh, let thank Aaron, you, Justin, you can't let for joining Aaron us. Rag on, Aaron rag on you for bad internet. Yeah, exactly. I, I have one hiccup for ten seconds, and if you made it to the end of the podcast, I'm certainly going to hear about it. Um, all right, Justin, great job today on the article, and uh, you know it's crazy how sometimes things evolve from Bearcat Journal to the Athletic and back to Bearcat Journal, back to the Athletic. It's amazing how that works out sometimes. It is always a treat to be here. I got Dave on the podcast this time. I was a little, I was a little scared, but hopefully, hopefully we navigated. He can, he, he's a little tougher than me. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, Chad's just. Having, this, Dave's, just, Dave's just trying shut, to get the tough questions answered. Just shut the internet down. You're, you're out of, you're out of here. Like, That's going to do it. Thanks for being here. You can find him at Williams underscore Justin. Can you hear me? Am I working? Hello? We got you now. Slightly? How about now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Go watch He's the Justin game. Williams from Go the Athletic. Go watch the game at the Holy Grail tomorrow night. Or Friday night Thursday now. night or Friday night. There's <laughs> no, game. There's no game tomorrow night. You can find him at Williams underscore Justin on Twitter. That's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Venmo or PayPal, your tips to Bearcat Journal. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.